Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to talk a lot about leadership today before we go into prayer. We've been talking a lot about leadership and what it means to lead in crisis. What does it mean to be a leader in crisis? Nehemiah chapter 6. If you've been reading Nehemiah, if you've followed our daily portion, you see that Nehemiah was one of the most important leaders in the restoration of the nation of Israel back at Jerusalem, rebuilding the walls as Ezra would come and give a spiritual renewal, a spiritual revival. Here, Nehemiah was leading in crisis. The gates were burned down. They're burned with fire. And Nehemiah here comes with a vision. And leadership in crisis means really two things. It means vision and commitment. There are two words that you ought to remember tonight when it comes to leadership in crisis. It means vision, number one, and commitment, number two. You need that to be a great leader. Not only a good leader, but a great leader. That separates the good leaders from the great leaders those that have vision and those that have commitment. Because you might be committed still right now, but have you lost vision? Have you lost vision? There are a lot of leaders that are leading through crisis, that are leading through moments of, of difficulty, of hours of difficulty, that they might be leading with commitment, but they have absolutely no vision. There are others that maybe have vision, but have absolutely no commitment to carry on that vision. They have no commitment, no, no faithfulness to that vision. That's why both of those are needed. Specifically when we start with vision, because when you lose vision, I'll tell you guys this, and for us, it's very easy for us to lose vision during times like this, but when you lose vision, you also lose impact. You lose purpose now, you lose fruit. And, and really, what will define your leadership right now, in moments like these, what will define your leadership is going to be your vision. What is your vision today? Do you have any? Do you still have vision for ministry to reach people? The Lord's really been challenging me in this area. What is a church without a vision? A church without a vision is a church without an impact. And there are a few things that really will kill your vision, that really will kill your purpose, that really will kill your desire, that will kill your passion. Number one, it would be sin. It's going to kill your vision. Number two, fatigue. Being tired is going to kill your vision. But then number three, distraction will also kill your vision. And I'll tell you that right now during these moments, I have not seen more leaders disengaged to the call than during these times. That's why we've come today to engage ourselves again. To repent and say, Lord, we want to go back to where we were and more than that, Lord. We want to be committed like Nehemiah. Because what kills your vision is sin, fatigue, or distraction. And if it is sin, what we need to do is repent so that we have clear vision again. We need to repent from sin. If sin is killing your vision today, then we must repent of that from that sin so that God can give us fresh vision to continue to serve with commitment. If it is fatigue that is killing our vision right now, then we have to ask, Lord, let me take a day off so that I can refresh, so that I can spend time with you and rest, so that I can pray now and be strengthened now and have clear, fresh, new vision to lead people in crisis. I need 
Now rest and prayer so that fatigue doesn't kill my vision. I wonder how many of us here, fatigue has killed our vision. How many of us here has sin killed our vision? But the number three way of you now or your vision being completely destroyed or killed is through distraction. And if it's distraction, we have to ask God, Lord, give me clarity so that I know what's important and what's not important. I need clarity because I don't want to be distracted. I want to be a leader that is calm. I want to be a leader that is stable. I want to be a leader that is confident. And we're going to see that in the life of Nehemiah. He wasn't distracted. It's so easy to get distracted right now, guys. So easy. In fact, some of us here are distracted. And where once we were a Nehemiah, now we are becoming distracted. I want to tell you guys why this is so important because distractions don't always appear as distractions. They don't always appear as... In fact, distractions sometimes come to you or they come to your doorstep and they masquerade themselves as an opportunity. <laughs> but guess what it is? It's a distraction. There are often times that opportunities will come to your doorsteps and they will masquerade themselves as success when in reality it's a distraction to your calling. And you have to ask yourself, if this doesn't align, if I don't have good alignment right now, if I don't have good priorities, if I don't have good clarity, I'm going to let this opportunity where that really is a distraction get in the way of my calling and kill my vision. Do you see how this is so important here? We have to be able to be leaders that say this, no. <laughs> Just like we're leaders that say yes, we have to be leaders that are willing to say no to some things. You can't be a leader that says yes to everything. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 1. Look what happens here. Now when it happened that Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I rebuilt the wall and there was no breaks. Listen to that. There was no breaks in the wall. He was rebuilding the wall now. The wall was coming up. It was surfacing. There was a foundation now. No breaks in the wall. He was faithful. There was crisis taking place. There was chaos taking place. They were burnt down now, it says, that, it, that the walls now had been hung, the doors had been hung in the gates. That Sambalat and Geshem sent to me saying, look how this distraction comes to appear as an opportunity. Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. To do what harm? Nehemiah harm? The vision harm? The purpose harm? The impact harm? They wanted to say, hey, why don't you meet? Let's say, you know what? They saw that this guy's actually doing a great work. So the enemy's going to come and try to interrupt that great work and saying, hey, I have an opportunity for you. Come on, let's meet over here and talk about it. Let's, let me just distract. I need your attention, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, would you let me borrow some time? And notice what Nehemiah, as a leader in crisis, not only does he have vision to see the wall finish, but he's committed now. He has both of those things that we, we all need here. The not lacking vision, not lacking commitment. It says, so I sent messengers. He didn't even go. I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. 
I can't come. I cannot come. No. That's a great opportunity, but no. I'm doing a great work here. Why should the work stop or why should the work cease while I leave it to go down to you? This is what I'm called to do. You see, a lot of times we think that we have to say yes to everything. In fact, I've been tested recently with opportunities, great opportunities, honorable opportunities, opportunities that are a blessing, opportunities that seem that the hand of God is on them, but doesn't mean that you have to say yes to every single one of them. Because oftentimes they become distractions. And then they kill the vision of where God's called you to be committed to. You see why this is important? Look, at, it says, but they sent me this message four times. <laughs> Do you think that, in the, that, that sometimes when the enemy wants to distract you, oh, I couldn't distract him. Now I'm done. He's committed. He's going to come and try to distract you again. Let me ask him again. No. Let me ask him again. Come. No. Let me ask him one more time. No. Listen to this here. I sent this message four times and I answered them in the same manner. I have vision to see this well done. I can't come. I won't come. This is what I'm doing. Oh, but look at how much that it can profit to be. Look at the, how successful we can be if we meet here. Oh, let me lure you in with the pride of life and bring you over here with the lust of the flesh, with the desires of your carnal desires so that I can take your attention away from your calling. You know what the enemy wants to do to the men? It's to take their attention away from their calling. Take their attention away from their prayer life. Take their attention from their Bible reading. Take their attention from what is most important. You see that Nehemiah said, I'm not going to forfeit my calling. I will not forfeit my calling because that's what's most important to me. I am doing this intentionally, purposefully with a mission minded you see every leader is going to end up somewhere every leader there are some leaders that can end up in one place or another everyone's going to end up somewhere but some leaders only some leaders are going to end up somewhere on purpose <laughs> nehemiah didn't end up building the wall on accident he ended up leading completely on purpose he's he he finished now Let's go to Revelation chapter 2 right here because it talks about commitment now and it talks about vision. It talks about faithfulness. It talks about what matters more and it's the issue of the heart. You know, we talk, we're talking about how we can continue in vision, but I'll tell you this, when you fail in repentance, you also fail in vision. When you fail in repentance, you fail in vision. Revelation chapter 2. I had this in my notes on Sunday to read but the Lord said, no, read this to the men first. Because why are you going to read it to the whole church if, you haven't, if the men are not in this area yet? It says this, Revelation 2 verse 1, And the angel of the church of Ephesus, right, These things says he who holds seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, the seven churches. This is what the Lord is saying to the churches in the end times. To the church of Ephesus. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that, you cannot, and that you cannot bear those who do evil. I know that you keep working. I know that you're faithful. I know that 
that you can't bear those that are speaking evil or, or a bad doctrine. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Yes, you appear as if everything on the outside is going well. You're going through the motions. Is anybody here going through the motions? Because I don't want to go through the motions. There are often times that you are so tired that you start to go through the motions. And I pray that we break from that mold of what the motions are supposed to look like. Notice how he says this. And you have persevered. In fact, you're still here, Ephesus. It looks like you've done everything right. And have patience and have labored in my name's sake and have not become even weary. You haven't even become tired. You've been doing everything you're supposed to be doing. It appears, it's, it's apparent now that you're doing that everything that you're supposed to be doing. It's so easy to appear to be like the church of Ephesus. We're just doing everything we're supposed to be doing. We're doing all works. But there's a problem inside your heart. You changed. <laughs> You're still doing what you were supposed to be doing, but your heart changed. Do you see what happens here now? You, you became comfortable. You started to compromise in this area here. You left your first love. This is crazy. You left your first love. You're not who you used to be. It appears that everything's okay in the outside, but inside, you left your first love. In fact, you don't even talk about God anymore because you have nothing to say about Him. It's so sad when you used to see people and leaders in churches and ministry that all they wanted to do is go minister and pray to everyone at church and, or talk about the Lord and, and a fire and a passion desire for the Lord. But now, where they talked about God, they talk about something else. Because they have nothing to say about God. Listen to this. Nevertheless, I have against you that you have left your first love. Did you fall out of love? Is that what he's saying? No, you fell out of repentance. And look, look what happens here. You fell out of repentance now. This is so important. I mean, the Lord spoke to me this week and He said, Art, you can talk with authority, but it doesn't mean you have anointing. I don't want to talk with authority if I don't have anointing. I don't want you to serve with authority if you don't have anointing. Because you're in the, if you're in the flesh, you can't help anyone. You can't help anyone. Your ministry is in vain. Let's keep reading. Look what it says. Remember. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. And do what? Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. Unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. 
But this I have against you. I have something against you. I want to tell you guys something as men. Does it look like everything is okay in the outset, but something is wrong? We left our first love. We think we have power, but there's no anointing. It ministers to no one. Remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do one thing. Do the first works. You see why this is so important for us today? We can't afford, we cannot afford to be the men of this church. We can't afford to be the men of this church and seek to lead our families, to lead the ministries, to lead this church, the congregation that God has given us. We can't afford to do it in the flesh. I won't do it. I refuse to do it. This is not a work of the flesh. This has never been a work of the flesh. Since the day that this ministry started, it's always been a work of God, and it will continue to be a work of God. I don't care who he has to remove, including myself. Including myself. Because if we're not standing for the word of God, we're not standing for truth, then we're just wasting our time and we're not ministering to anyone. When was the last time you actually ministered to someone? I don't, I don't care about what you told them. Did you minister to them? Did you minister to them? Did we minister to them? Let's go ahead and pray, guys. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, right now. And I pray, Lord, that you would take us back to a place of repentance, a place of renewal. Your word says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Lord, and the Spirit has spoken tonight. The Spirit has told us to be committed to that vision you call us to do. That we will not allow ourselves to get distracted with opportunities. But Lord, that we would repent and do the first works. That passion, Lord, remind us that passion that we used to have when we would come to church. That passion that we had when it came to reaching out to people. The passion that we had, Lord, when it came to reading your word and spending time in prayer and waking up early, Lord. Some of us have become so tired, potentially, Lord. That we have lost the passion, the vision, the commitment, God. And I pray, Lord, that tonight we would be filled with your Spirit. Amen. 